0: Today's scripture reading is from Luke, chapter 1, verses 5 to 29. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless, because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty, and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of the incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled, I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zachariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for the five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. This is the word of the Lord.
1: this little lot of mine i'm gonna let it shine this little lot of mine help me out i'm gonna let it shine. come on joel hit me up this little lot of my berrudubao i'm gonna let it shine let it shine let it shine let it shine, let it shine. Come, on, okay, come on come come on, come on this little lot of my i'm gonna let it bam Come on, come on, come on. I'm gonna let it, I'm gonna let it shine. This little lot of mine. Come on. I'm gonna let it shine, oh let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Everywhere I go, ba-do, ba-do, ba-do. I'm gonna let it shine. Help me out, come on! Everywhere I go, come on, ba-do. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let it shine everywhere. I everywhere. I'm gonna let it, oh, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. I'm gonna let somebody help me out. Hide it under a bushel. I'm gonna let somebody, somebody hide it under a bush. Come on, come on. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Give it a hand, come on, God. Yeah! Hey! There will be a time, there will be some dancing up to Zion, the city of the Lord. There will be some dancing in the front and dancing in the back. The time has come, and the time is now. It's time to prepare the way of the Lord. Amen? This is the time to prepare the way of the Lord. Now, preparing the way of the Lord is a personal journey that we each have to take. And so today I want to talk about this little lot of mine. We're going to be, it's not going to be a full sermon, just a, just a quick homily. Because I know from 7 o'clock we've been having service until 9 o'clock. So there's going to be, uh, I'm going to be very short to the point. <laughs> Some people don't believe it, but that's okay. Uh, it's a homily. So I'm not going to go crazy. I'm just going to just be gentle, and then we're going to go together and get ready to come back again and celebrate together. Amen, amen. So this little lad of mine. So the, you know the story of the, the wolf, who, uh, the, the wolf. Uh, this, it's, it's just an, a guy, an elderly man, who was talking to his grandson one day, and he said, "There is two wolves that live in each one of us," and he said, "One is dark, one is bright." And uh, he said, one is bad, one is ugly, is evil, is, 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 he has envy, he has jealousy, he has regret, he has sorrow, all the bad things. And then there is another wolf in you that is good. It is joyful, it's hopeful, and this wolf is living there, it's compassionate, it's understanding, it has empathy. Now, those two wolves are fighting, and the elder man said that there is those two wolves fighting each one of us. The question that the elder man asked to the young man, is, which wolf do you think will win? And the grandkid said, I don't know. And the old man said, obviously, it's the one you feed. I think there's something in this story for us. There's something about this metaphor that we all can take. We can relate to one way or the other. Two wolves fighting in us. Maybe, maybe you recognize those two wolves in you that are fighting. Those two sides, some people who call yin-yang or, 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 or good and evil, that battle that is raging inside the human soul. But if you are a human in your experience of life and that you will find forces that are raging, just dark forces that are raging within you and yet contrasting to other life-giving forces. The question is, which one we will win and which one do we feed the most? I think those two principles have been illustrated uh, or not only as yin-yang. For lots of people, they call, it, uh, they call it the shadow self and the true self. Some people say there is a shadow. Is, each one of us have a shadow of who we are, and then there is a true self. And, and sometimes the shadow self can govern. And the shadow self thinks it believes certain things. It acts differently. The shadow self is hungry for certain things. The shadow self can govern it. it. can take over the seat of consciousness. And other people talk about not only the shadow self, but they talk about it in terms of the exile self, the self of exile. And for those of you who are in therapy, they call it the part therapy. They talk about part of us that are so broken. They say we are all multiple personality in a sense that... that Given the trauma we all have been, given the story of your life, depending on what you have been through, part of you, you get fractured and broken deep within you. You got wounded inside you. You get hurt. You get injured. And your injury have power over your life. And they can actually tower over your life. You can be so hurt that you cannot do certain things. And that hurt can manifest in the form of fear. Sometimes when you have been so hurt and so injured, you are afraid to speak up. Many people ought to be speaking up right now, but they are not speaking up because they are broken deeply inside. And some people, instead of actually giving you opinion, there are many people they won't give their opinion about anything because they are deeply afraid They have a concept of themselves so low that it is ungodly. They believe that to, to satisfy or to, to fulfill the wish of others, they should shrink in order to not appear big in front of others. They diminish because they are afraid of being their true self. but but you know what when you are healthy you are be who you are be as strong as you can be and let the world deal with it you got to be the person that god has meant you to be but given some of our injuries we can be so uh, fractured that we are limping around now when true self governs, certain things happen now. There is pardon. There is you can pardon. You can forgive. There's no bitterness. When, you, when your true self is in power, you act out of wholeness. You act out of who you are, out of health, not unhealth. You act out of Peace. You know, you're acting because it's peace, it's out of peace, out of what is, the deposit of peace that is in you. You don't do out of anxiety. David said, Lord, see if there be any anxious way in me and lead me to the way everlasting. When you do out of true self, you do out of health, out of wholeness. Holiness. Holiness is wholeness. You are whole. You do out of faith. You can dare to believe. Blessed are those who believe. Everything is possible to those who believe you do out of joy, out of peace, out of compassion. What's your level of compassion this morning? Compassion that you do out of compassion. You pray out of compassion. You allow yourself to be touched by the need of else, of other people. You know, you don't judge. You're not judgmental people. You create space for people to express themselves and you 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 hang on to everything with open hand that even i can be wrong and judge no one and you don't write people off people are not disposable no one is disposable in the providence of god and that you don't judge people you don't put other people down in order to make yourself look good you don't do you don't do victimism when you live out of wholeness you are not a victim to no no one. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. When you live out of true self, there's empathy, there's serenity, there's humility, there's kindness, there, there's benevolence. You can reach out to other people. You can give generously. There's grace. And you extend goodwill to other people. You know sometimes how sometimes somebody does something and you just judge them by their worst, by the, the extreme? Somebody does something, you say, they, they're meant to hurt me. But somebody didn't look at you in church you say I knew it they hated me and they're trying to avoid me are you serious or, or someone no? you see them they just passed by here they are they never came and talked to you you say they're trying to avoid me and you are creating problem where there is no problem how about extending a little bit of a goodwill to other people preparing the way of the law and this season is a season of goodwill to all people When you do out of health, there's goodwill, there's grace, there's truth, and you are unoffendable. You cannot offend me without my permission. Hmm? No one can offend you without your permission. I'm unoffendable. And the the, the text of uh, 1 Corinthians 13 talks about love. It says that love is not easily offended. When you live out of true self, you're secure. You, 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 you live out of that. You don't let your offense drive your life. You don't let your offense speak and take uh, uh, the leadership and govern your life. But when you don't live out of true self, your shadow self take over the lead and that's where you govern by anger. You know, anger, angry, angry, angry. You know, angry, the problem of angry people is that they always attract other angry people who actually are even angrier than that. You, are, you attract your kind. Angry people attract angry people. You're driven by anger or envy and jealousy, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity. It's all about self-centeredness. Shame is driving your life. Shame, resentment. Some people don't want to come and speak up. They don't want to actually sing. You know, they believe that they are called to do certain things, but they're just ashamed. Something happened in their history, and they got so shameful, and their shame is driving the agenda. The Holy Spirit is not leading them. It's shame. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. Not your fear. I live my life in the context of God's greatness, not my shame, not my regret, not my discouragement, not my depressions, not my anxiety. I live in the context of God's greatness. So do not let shame crucify you to your chair. Some of you need to get up and walk in the name of Jesus and Christ will shine on you. But because of your fear, you are there. Because of pain, the past pain. You you just I'm not gonna do anything. And so you go in the background instead of standing up and speaking. Prepare the way of the Lord. God wants to use you. And this Christmas, your shame must be undone. You know, some people live their life governed by a complex of inferiority because when you feel like I'm not somebody so I'm going to do so much I'm going to perform in order to be accepted and, and that's the dark side that's shadow so what, at, at the heart of what I do is just being accepted because I never was accepted in my life so I'm going to do so many things succeed in so many ways so that actually people will accept me but when you live, out of, uh, you live out of wholeness you don't need to perform to be accepted you know I'm already accepted I'm valuable. I'm beautifully and wonderfully made. The shadow self, other people call it, is, it, it, it it's exile. It's part of me that are broken and, and in opposition to God. Sometimes we are so flooded with the feeling of our exile, a shadow self, so much we are not grounded in the reality of our true self, which is hidden in christ and sometimes we are caught up in the belief of our exile and wounded self and we fail to show up as god called us to show up i must show up be present you know many people are not even present in their marriages they're not there they're here in body but they're solely not there you see Uh, Part of them is just absent. Perhaps the message of Advent, this Advent season, is to reclaim true self and take back the seat of true identity in Christ and in the spirit and redeem our true selves. Your true self is the delight of God. Next slide. The glory of God is man fully alive. You know, in our text today, it's from the book of Luke. I like the Gospel of Luke. It's written by a doctor, and there's something unique about Luke. Whenever you read the Gospel of Luke, there's one word that stands above all. It's the word today. Other other gospel like Mark, it put emphasis on the word immediately, immediately, immediately. In the Gospel of Luke, that key word that tower over all is today. Today is a day of salvation. Today, salvation have come to this home. Today, if you hear the voice of the Lord, do not harden your heart. Today is the Lord. Today is the day of the Lord. The sense of a today and the nearness and the presence of God and the immediacy of our lives. And so Luke tells us a story of two human beings, and that's what I'm going to close with. He tells us the story of two human beings who find themselves like you in this space, as they sought to prepare the way of the Lord. The way of the Lord. That God have his way, not my way. That God's will be done, not my own will. So here it is Zacharias is, is living, somehow, he's a priest. And now, priests were supposed to go sometimes in the Holy of Holies. Some of them are selected to go in the Holy of Holies once. Uh, in, it may be once in a lifetime, but once a year, somebody, some priests have to be uh, uh, picked to go in the Holy of Holies. And this day, Sacras was selected to go in the Holy holy and present uh, the, the, the sacrifice of the people of God. As he This guy, this old man had been praying. There was something that he had in his heart. He had desire in his heart. He had been uh, travailing and praying for something, for God to provide something in his life. Your prayer had been heard. And notice this. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear a son. And you are to call him John. Whoa. So maybe he has been praying for a child all his life. Now he's in his old age. Who knows? 60s or 70s. Some of you are 60s and 70s. Lots of people don't have children at that time anymore. So Zacharias is afraid. He said, what kind of prayer is that? And, the, and, and Zacharias begin, He's saying to the angel in verse 18, how can I be sure of this? How can I be sure of it? I am an old man. And my wife is well along in years. We are too old. So Zacharias prayed, prayed, prayed. And now here he said, I'm too old even for the response of my own prayer, he's doubting the provision of God. He's telling himself, God will not provide anymore. He has given up. Have you been there in your life when you have prayed and believed so much for something for so long and now you are doubting and you say, I think it's time to give up. But listen to what the angel said: I am Gabriel. And you see, I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you about this good news. And now, he said, you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happened because you did not believe my word which will come true at the appointed time. He cannot speak. He went mute because he doubted the word of God for his life. Have you been there where you doubted the word of the Lord for your season? When you doubted that God can do something any longer, and then it happened. His wife gets pregnant, and she says the thing. She says these words in verse 24 and 25. His wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant, indeed, as this prophet say, would happen. And the Lord has done and she said, "The Lord has done this for me," she said, "In this day He has shown what His favor and taken away my disgrace among the people." Notice that, favor and disgrace. You see? He said, I have been so disgraced, now I get to experience the favor of God. The word favor is used three times in this text that we read. So what happened to Zacharias? There was something about him, his experience of life, that made him not believe the promise of God for his life. There's something about him that made him believe that God will certainly not provide in his lifetime. What about you is making you not believe and not receive the provision that God has for you? It continues. In the story of Mary, Mary's story is even more powerful. That's verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, she goes to visit Mary. Now, verse 28, the angel went to her and said, greeting you who are highly favored. It's the same thing. The angel, the same angel is bringing the same word greetings to you. You are highly favored, highly favored. Verse 29, Mary said she was greatly disturbed. And verse 30, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Same angels experiencing two, the same story in two people. It seemed like there's, uh, in, in, the, in the presence of two, there is witness. Could it be? That in every one of us, there is something about our experience of life that set us up to not believe in the favor of God in our life. And the question to Mary asks is the same. He say, who am I? She said, what greeting is this that I am actually deeply favored? What about Mary caused her to be so disturbed? Last week as we were studying this text somebody said it so well and he said maybe Mary had some fear. Why? Because of verse 30 do not be afraid. Mary had to deal with her own fear in order to receive the favor of God in her life. How about you? What might God want to heal in you so that you can receive the favor of God today in your life. Jordan Peterson put it this way, in prison worship, you can come here. He says this, the light you discover in your life is proportionate to the amount of darkness you are willing to confront. What darkness in you do you need to confront? What fear... What does God need to heal in you so that you can receive what he has for you this season? Is it your doubt? Is it your bitterness? Is it your daddy's problem or your mom's problem? What might God need to heal in your life so that you can receive? The message of Advent is this. Prepare the way of the Lord. God is coming. He's coming for you. He's going to act in our lives. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we give you thanks for the day of favor that has dawned on us. Teach us to not receive it in vain. Teach us to not receive that grace that you have for us in vain. But prepare us, Lord. Lord.